Betches Media presents At Betches, a podcast hosted by Betches co-founders Aileen Drexler, Jordana Abraham, and Sammy Sage. Before they were business partners, they were close friends who've known each other since elementary school. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. Get to know the women who've been making us laugh since 2011. Who allowed you to take my breath away? This is At Betches. This is going to be just like senior year, except for funner. Hello, and welcome back to the At Betches podcast. I'm Jordana Abraham, and with Sammy and Aileen out for another week. Well, Aileen's going to be out for more than another week, but Sammy is still out. She actually, it's funny. I woke, you know, when you wake up and the message is already, so I woke up and it was from a text from Sammy that's like, if you want, I could do at Betches today. I'm just going to be in my hotel in Naples. Um, And then like another, this is from like 5 a.m. New York time. And then like two hours later, she's like, "Never mind, Internet is terrible. (laughs) I might have to take that back. And I'm like, Sean and I have got it covered. Just enjoy your last day because, you know, she misses you. That's the point. She misses, you know, Sammy, she can't stay away from the content for too long. She can't stay away from it. But she will be back next week. Yeah, right, right. So I'm I'm covering for Sammy and Aileen one more week and then it's going to be you and Sammy back to the good old. You guys are going to be able to conclude when is Beverly Hills finish? Because we're going to have to tie that up. It's been the best season of like, I would say potentially their whole like of all time, I think for Beverly Hills, not in, I don't think it's the best season of real housewives ever, but I do think it's the best season for Beverly Hills ever. I think that's probably true. I've only, I'm not caught up on it, but I'm fully caught up on all the drama because we do a podcast called mention it all with yeah. Dylan and Barry. And I produced that podcast and listen to the uh, recap so you- it. I mean, we, we talked about it last night, the minute the show ended and I mean, compared to New York, which everybody says is the worst New York season of all time. Are you fully yes. caught up on New York? Yeah, because I am. Yeah. And usually well, it's the opposite. Usually New York is way, way better. And Beverly Hills is like boring and they don't talk about anything. So it was interesting to see it flip. I think it's mostly because Beverly Hills, they have like an actual cabal. They're like, yeah. we, we stick together. We don't stab each other in the back. Our safety well, is more important than the drama on the show. And then New York, they just don't really care about each other. But this year... New York, there's only a few of them and they couldn't do anything. So there's no right. drama. But this time, Erica, just like her whole thing made the pot stir. Totally. I mean, like, it's a huge scandal for for a group that's very, like, private, especially for, for, for a reality TV show group of women that's very private. It was very interesting to see, like, when they couldn't avoid sharing personal Stop. It's weird that she was willing to be on the show. though. Like, it's kind of crazy. She should have just bowed up. But before we get into that, I just want to preview what we're talking about later on in the show. We will be discussing Kanye West's new album, some of the controversy that he's gotten himself into. Plus, we're going to dive into a full-on spoiler-free debate of Ted Lasso, the TV show that everybody's talking about, but you somehow hate. I don't know how you do it. And then finally, we're going to finish with a Kanye West-inspired game. So, but first, I, uh, let's talk about Beverly Hills. Can you recap for me briefly the topic of last night's episode on Beverly right. Hills? Because I think it was interesting. So last night, basically, they have a uh, the the crux of the episode is that Kathy Hilton hosts a dinner party in her house, which was like absurd. She has like a butler who's like French, um, which is it, it just felt like something out of like a different era. And they come in and there's like they literally have silver platters, like drinks being served to them on silver platters. Um, and they're like eating like a caviar cake 
Um, and Kathy Hilton's just like, she has like a whole like serious staff, which I mean, like if anyone, if you could think of like anyone who would, it would be her. It's not like she's like, Oh, and where does this money come from? Like everyone knows what Hilton hotels is. And that like, if there's like, she should have that amount of money, but it was interesting to see it play out. And also, I, I also thought it was interesting to see her house because it's very like, it almost like feels like old money versus new money. Like if you look at the Kardashian house, like everything is like, Oh yeah super like new and super modern and super like showing you how rich it is. And like the Hilton house is like very nice, but it's like feels like older money. If that makes sense. Like it does. It feels like someone who's been rich for a really long time. Other than the Erica situation, I thought that was one of the more interesting parts of the episode, just to see how like the like Uber, Uber wealthy are kind of living. And I wonder if like, does she get served on a slip? Like she has a bell. She, like literally, a bell. she literally gets she served literally on a has a bell. Time. It's like something like of a bygone era. Kathy Hilton was was very interesting. And Sammy actually made a funny and interesting point on her Instagram notes this morning that Kathy Hilton's butler didn't really seem to know who Kyle was, which we thought was like she thought was interesting, her, which I agree with. For those who don't know, that's her real life sister. Yes, that's her actual sister. And she's like, I'm she's like, I'm Kyle. I'm Kathy's sister. It's like, wouldn't your like long standing butler know your sister if so you were he's, close at he all? He was hired for the party. He's not I don't know. butler. It that's was weird. weird. There's like so much like weird shit in that show. I have a question. Do you watch the show? Do you, does Mike watch with you, your fiance? No, he does not watch Real Housewives. We do watch Below Deck Med together. Because that's just gold. That. Wait, yes. what, what does he do? Do you guys have, he goes in a different room? He's either working in the other room when I'm watching or he's watching MTV's The Challenge. He loves that in like our bedroom. Now that's a reality show. That's a reality. I used to like it. I've gotten a little bit over it. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I did used to love it. That's a good show. But I love what I find. I don't know. Beverly Hills, I've always kind of enjoyed. Does Linda watch? Most of these. But we're not, yeah, like we've wa- I've watched pretty much every single Bravo show, at least for one season. But I have not watched the newest season of Beverly Hills. So, okay, I want you to catch me up on what happened last night briefly. Sorry, because I haven't even gotten to Erica. So yeah. it seems like there was a battle involving Sutton. Erica Dorit, what exactly played out? So basically, Sutton, so she in a previous episode, she calls all the girls together to be like, I don't know if we can be associated with Erica. Like she like this might be bad. And she seems to like be the only one who's like, I actually read the L.A. Times article about it and like concern for her reputation. So then now they're at this dinner. Kathy Hilton puts Sutton next to like they're all obviously there's like they're individual. You can't just sit where you want. There's like a name plate or whatever on there. So she puts them next to each other. And then Sutton's like, oh, I like want because she had previously confronted her and it was like weird. And then she was like bringing it up again to, I guess, like clear the air. And she was saying, Erica was basically like, you're saying I'm a liar and I'm not a liar. And like, why are you all doing this to me? Like every time I come to an event, you all are like saying that I'm like interrogating me and like you're not supportive of me and she says like and i'll re- i'm gonna come out of this and when i do i'll remember who was like there and who it was like very like scary like villainy um and then basically just like shutting sutton down and being like and i think sutton was good at articulating she's good at articulating her points about like why Eric is definitely hiding something or like she knows more than she does, but she's not good at articulating it when Eric goes like around her. Like she's very good in the confessionals and she was very good with like the other women, but when the other women are like, well, you're a coward because you're not saying it to her face, but 
Erica is like terrifying and Sutton's like trying, like she's trying to say what she's trying to say in like a slightly more PC manner, but she's just not doing it well. So she's not, she's sort of being like pulverized in this fight, mm-hmm. like shut down. But none of the other women are really like helping her besides Garcelle, who's like trying. And um, so Dorit like also sort of like tries. She's like, Erica's basically like, why would anything that's going on with me like, be like affecting any of you like why is it like bad for you and Dorit's like well like because like we could be subpoenaed or like someone might ask us about something so it's like I don't really I'm I'm not really like on that note like I do think Erica if she's lying it's like oh you have a friend who's like a terrible person who's like doing all these things I don't know how much legal trouble any of them would actually get into unless they've been like somehow involved in her business. So I don't think that to me, I, I do understand where she's like, this is like, you're That's making my huge legal problem about you. And I don't, I kind of agree. But she asked, how does it involve you? And it's right. like, well, here's one way in which, because right. if you get subpoenaed, it costs you. If you're like, let's say you're to read and you're worried about it, you have to go consult your own lawyer. You're supposed to. Right. And then it's like, so it costs her like a thousand dollars. Yeah. Which they can all afford. Yeah. To me, the root is more the moral root, which is like if I have a friend who is a murderer and someone's like, well, my murder trial like isn't like about you. It could be like, yeah, but I want to know if I think the route they should be going is like, I want to know if my friend was involved in like this thing, which is like very morally corrupt. Like that's really that that's what they're not saying, because I don't know if they want to go there, but to me, that's the bigger issue. It's like, do I have a friend who I feel like I didn't know at all, who's like actually a scamming orphans and tsunami victims? But none of them are saying that. They're going with the, like, we could be subpoenaed. We could be um, people. The press might ask us for a statement. Well, I wonder if maybe it would work if there was somebody who actually wasn't rich in the room. It's hard to do it at Kathy Hilton's house, like have a conversation about like, how did you get your wealth? Right. But Erica, I actually kind of at a certain point think it doesn't really matter if she knew as these things were going on. I think it would why? be why. Here's why. Because I kind of think Erica Girardi, the person, we don't even really know who she is, but Erica Jane, the musician who somehow has gone on tour all over the world, even though there's literally you you and I both know there right. is no such thing as an Erica Jane fan. No one's ever bought her album. Right. Somebody has gone to her live show, maybe, because it's probably a good time. But there's no way she's ever turned a profit on one of her shows. Have you seen like her outfits? Yeah, there's the profit thing. Right. Yeah, there's no way. She, she never turned a profit. So her entire career is propped up by this man's. Yeah, wife. I mean, there's no way that that she makes enough money on these shows to fly six Glam Squad members out first class, which she said in a previous episode that she's done first class, six members to Europe in a, as a Glam Squad. And they're all right. she's also paying yes. them like. Thank you. I'm maybe like maybe maybe like J Lo could do that. Maybe right. Even May- her, I don't exactly. know if she would like be doing that. Ex- exactly. So, but let's. Oh, so one of two things. There's only one of two things you can include from that. One is that she actually is just spending more money. She's taking in as Erica Jane. So that means that it's like her whole right. all of her career and her own personal wealth has been subsidized by that man's evil doings. Or her whole persona, her whole business as a musician is a money laundering scheme where she pretends that she's flying. She's like all these things that are on the books. Who needs six glam squad people? Right. It could be that like her whole persona is like a weird money laundering scheme. That's possible. 
I mean, I wonder if she, was she ever like saying that she was like, this is how she's like, she's bringing home a lot of money from this venture. Or is it like, this is her like really expensive hobby that her husband sort of like, because if it's like, oh, this is my super expensive hobby that my husband just like, I don't really think he just will pay for it because he likes that I'm happy and that I'm doing this like versus like, I don't know. I mean, like, what's the point of even having this like music career? But she thinks that's what gives her value. That's I mean, the woman ended up in Chicago. It's kind of impressive because because she has presented herself this way. But what I'm trying to say is either way, I think that the equivalent of uh, people may not understand this, but her husband, honestly, the closest thing I could think of is Bernie Madoff. Like it's that level of right. evil. The amount of wealth that he stole wasn't as much as Bernie Madoff, but it was as callous and horrible. I mean, there was burn victims who right. he just wouldn't give their settlement money to for years, would string them along. A, an airplane crashed and he just basically took the money that was owed right. to the family. And it spent on something so stupid, which is like Erica. And it spent right, on something Erica's- on Erica. So, so the point is, now, whether or not she knew, I, I think it's pretty naive. Nothing slips past Erica. Right. That's sort of the thing. And we've talked about this before on this podcast where it's like, she's not Teresa Judice. You know, right. I'm not sure. She's not this naive, right. like, like we're, yeah, she's not. She's mm-hmm. like quick. Yes. And then even if she didn't know, like if there's plausible deniability or something, I think whoever was married to Bernie Madoff, Ruth. like she gets to not Ruth, Ruth Madoff. If Ruth Madoff ended up out on her ass. I wouldn't lose any sleep over it is what I'm trying to say. If her, if her lifestyle was propped up by that, then she doesn't get to have that lifestyle anymore, whether she knew about it or not. Totally. It's not like she was like, it's cause it's not coming from her own business savvy. It's coming from someone else anyway. So it's like, no one feels bad that you're losing the glam squad where she was like, look at my life. It's like, you're like, you're still at like a probably 2 million plus home in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. on your like that no one feels like super bad about that like obviously it's stressful to deal with like a legal situation especially if you didn't know anything about it but like no one feels bad that you don't have as much money as you did here's my question though if you were friends, let's say you were good friends with ruth madoff yeah would you stop being her friend okay that's a really good question i that's really the question i think at hand in the whole series like regardless of if she knew yeah okay great Good question. I think I know my answer. If Ruth was willing to take accountability and was like, I don't want to continue to benefit from the things that my husband did. Right. That I want to like make amends with his victims on his behalf. I want to do everything I can to cooperate, to make things right. Then I could continue being friends with her. Otherwise, you're just burying your head in the sand and pretending there's nothing wrong. That's a great point, Sean. Thank great you. answer. I mean, I, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's, I genuinely think that way. Like when I have friends who act scummy, you know what I do? I just kind of distance myself from them. But these people can't do that. Like, do I think Garcelle wants to hang out with Erica Jane? Fuck no, but she has to for a TV right. show. So you know what, Garcelle, while you're here, why not turn the screws on her and ask her the questions? Because she probably did know. She probably has lied about things and she probably should go to jail. Her husband yeah. should go to jail for the rest of his life if he can, if they can figure out how to try him. Yeah. He's faking all this. Like, I mean, it's this. very convenient. It's all very convenient. I just find it kind of maddening that Erica can act so indignant about this. Right. I, you know, here's, here's my thing to you though. Don't you think, wouldn't you agree that it's hard to push her on these questions when you're sitting at a dinner party in Kathy Hilton's opulent house? hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. I understand why Sutton's like not doing as good of a job articulating and getting all worked up as she did like behind the scenes. Erica Jane is like very scary. Um, yeah. And like, like literally she has like this look, which like is like 
and I, especially if you're not like a super confrontational person, um, and this group has never really been, it's very like, it's very like subtle. A lot of the things that they do, I understand why it's hard for her to confront her. Right. But I also think Dorit is never going to want to be like, Hey, I'm going to turn the screws on you for these things your husband did because like Dorit yeah, probably knows she doesn't want anybody criticizing. Right, live in glass they houses. All, yeah. They all live in glass houses except for probably Kathy Hilton, whose house is made of glass. Right. Or Garcelle, who's like, you know, I feel like doesn't have that much to hide. Yeah. Which is why she, I think it's that, like they don't want anyone coming back at them for like shady things they've done. Plus, I think it's the idea that like, you don't want to be the only one because you might be outcast. So like Sutton now is like, it's like if they were all on the same page and we're like, yeah, Eric, we need to know like how involved you were. Like we need to confront you about this. Like it would be an easier thing to do than like if one person is confronting you and then six other people are like playing devil's advocate, it's not going to work. You need everyone. It's like an intervention. You need everyone on board. You can't have like one enabler in the group, you know? It's true. And they don't have enough incentive to really push her that hard on it. I mean, we look, I've been in a room where everybody was thinking the same thing and nobody said it. I mean, they, they mm. probably, they, they, every time they hang out with her, they're like, are we going to bring this up or are we not? Right. Well, it's awkward. It's just like a lot of tension. It's so awkward. And she has to be there because they have to shoot. Right. But I also think, listen, Erica is one of the smartest housewives. She clearly is. This is why I can't stomach the idea that she didn't know, but she, she's kind of hating, hiding in plain sight. It's, it's kind of genius. Right. If I were her, I would show up like Yolanda Foster did a few seasons ago, like no makeup, no jewelry. Like I would show up not glammed up like she does and like not wearing like $20,000 ears. <laughs> like I, I do think that her continuing to flaunt her wealth is kind of spitting in the eye of. And it's victims. funny because it's like she thinks she's probably playing it down. But compared to like most people who are watching, like I know your audience, like this is a national audience, people in the Midwest watching like to you, to them, like you're not living a humble life. Like that's a life they will never achieve. So it's funny because like, I don't think she has that. She's probably like, oh, compared to like when I was flying private in my first and my, my glam squad was flying first class, like I'm toning it down to her dialing it down is this and to us it's right it just doesn't her dialing it down is like a chic ponytail exactly you know what the other thing too is look sometimes it's just uncomfortable to ask somebody the difficult questions yeah i will say and here is a plug for this coming wednesday's you up episode jordana you had giannina jabelli oh yeah she was great jabelli from love is blind yeah she was on but there was a moment anybody who's listening and listens to you up or if you don't listen to you you got to listen to this episode because there was like a five minute stretch where Jared kind of turned the screws on her the way that we wish people would turn the screws on Erica and just asked her hard questions about the love is blind show. Yeah. She was, and it was, good she was yeah. so good. She was a great guest and like was super game for it. And I really appreciated her being a good sport, but he was at, and like we, I was sitting there and I was fucking loving it. Right. It was that's great. I'm, mes- I'm messaging. Yeah. That's and what it's everybody scary wants. To do that. Even if you th- like, it's much easier to talk shit behind someone's back. Like I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we all know that scratchy PJs can make a cranky kid. I want my kids to be comfy when they sleep and are rested in the morning. And that's why I snuggle them up in Little Sleepies. Little Sleepies makes award-winning bamboo PJs that moms rave about. 
I am said mom. I am obsessed with little sleepies. They are so, so, so soft. I just got one that was the Checkmates Zippy for my son, Lucas. It's so adorable and it's limited edition. So everybody go check it out. Little Sleepy's Zip Romper Pajamas, aka Zippies, the ones that I got, were designed with thoughtful details like fold-over feet, mittens, and a double zipper to make the middle-of-the-night diaper changes easier. Made from the buttery, soft, custom-milled Luna Luxe Bamboo Viscose, their Zip Footy Pajamas are gentle on sensitive skin and babies with eczema. But what parents rave about the most? How long they fit. And Little Sleepies makes the best baby shower gift. They have inclusive sizing from preemie to adults 3X. There are also nursing and pregnancy-friendly styles available for adults. So try a pair of Little Sleepies today. Fair warning, you'll never go back. You can try Little Sleepies for yourself by visiting littlesleepies.com. Plus, get 15% off your order on littlesleepies.com with code BETCHES. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-S-L-E-E-P-I-E-S.com with promo code BETCHES. Speaking of talking shit about behind someone's back, should we talk about Kanye West? Yes. So I am like a little out of the Kanye West loop here. I'm not like, I've never been like huge Kanye West music fan. The only, literally, if you told me to name a song, I would be like Gold Digger. Gold Digger. That's right. his, by the way, it's his only number one song he's ever is had. Is it really? Wow. He'd be so it, mad it if is. you said that on air. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I've, and I'm kind of similar. I'm not like this this huge Kanye fan. Right. So I'm a little bit out of the loop too, but he is in the news this week. Okay. Explain. So his 10th album came out. It's named Donda, named right. after his mom. It was supposed to come out a year ago. It took an extra full year, which included, of course, his divorce from Kim. Right. And then last week, or starting actually in, in uh, late July, up until last week, he held three different release parties for this album. So like when an album drops, we all know you just, it just like suddenly is on Spotify for you, which is also a funny thing, right? Like the machine works differently. He actually had an album five years ago that life of Pablo one where he just, he kept changing songs after it was released. So like the way music gets made, is just so different, but the trials and tribulations of Kanye over the last year have been well chronicled. We all followed the divorce. It seemed like he was losing it even more than usual. He went to Montana, et cetera. So then a couple of weeks ago in uh, in late July, he held this listening party. Do you know about these listening parties? No, explain. Okay. Okay. So he's not the only person who's ever done this, but an entire arena full of people who are buying these high price tickets for a quote unquote concert, but he just hits play on his MacBook. Like that's, okay. it's a listening party and people show up. And the thing is, his music is kind of mellow too. So you, I, I want to say this, be like, you guys know what a good concert is. It, right. it really feels like an emperor's new clothes thing where everybody. I think everything he does is kind of like that, where he like thinks he's a god and he can do no wrong. And like, and the audience buys it. Some be, And some people are, I mean, like, I think there's a group of people who love it and are obsessed with it. And other people who are like, does he even have that good of music? Like to justify this, like narcissist, like, I don't know, this crazy God, like, thing that he thinks about himself i don't think so you don't really think so i think most people who are independent from that crowd also think so so i don't think his music is nearly as good but see, here's the thing the plot thickens from there okay, okay. so people go to these like what i think like he thinks like he's really, the beatles to me and, he even they, the beatles. and the beatles weren't having three album release parties and multiple listening events like it's almost to me it's almost like with anything else in life it's like the harder you try to like 
and like the fact that you're having three release parties, like you're trying too hard. Like let the music speak for it. If the music were good enough, it could speak for itself. I agree. He's more of a promoter of his own music than he is in a musician. Right. But the guy still, I mean, he makes like, he's a great producer. The songs sound good. Okay. okay but they're kind of boring. So, so they have these listening parties. I'm sure for some people it, they think they're at Woodstock. So like, good for you, but there, it gets weirder. So he wanted to take his childhood home and relocate it onto the stage in the arena in Atlanta, but then the city wouldn't let him do it. So he had it built, rebuilt a replica of his childhood home on this stage. And then in the second performance, Kim was at these, even though there's like a ton of lyrics talking about her in the songs, who cares? She came out and they had like a a weird fake remarriage ceremony where she wore like a Balenciaga couture dress. Remarriage. I mean, mean, they didn't get married, but it was like, like a, like a performance thing. That's weird enough. Okay. So then the third one, every time they have two listening parties, everybody thinks the album's going to come out. And it just doesn't because okay. he's like still working on it. Really weird. So then the third listening party is this weekend and, and it's in Chicago. It's even bigger. And for some reason he decides to add two people to the like listening party guest list. And they, he walks out onto the porch of his fake house with Marilyn Manson okay. and this guy, the uh, baby who's a rapper that right. you and I both don't know, but is apparently famous. But both men who are currently embroiled in huge scandals. Right. I've I've heard about that those scandals. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, the baby, like he said, some super homophobic comments, and then apologized, deleted the apologies, and doubled down on it. So, I mean, nobody likes that guy right now. Right. But Marilyn Manson is straight up accused of sexual assault by eleven different women. And like Evan Rachel Wood, right? Evan Rachel Wood is one of those eleven yeah. women. His ex-wife who has been like very clear and explicit about the things that he's done. And he horrible. He's being yeah. sued by four of them. So Marilyn Manson is persona non grata, but Kanye wants them both to come out. And then he, he re-releases one of the songs that was already like a single called jail that he did with Jay Z, which is, is like the good song to me on the album. Okay. Uh, he re-records it with just a little bit of Marilyn Manson and the baby on it. And it's like, who is this for? So this is like the controversy for Kanye this week, which is, it seems like he's trying to take a stance against cancel culture. Cause he doesn't like being criticized for his behavior, but this okay. is how he chooses to do it. I think it's a weird way to do it. I think like, I think he has like mental health issues that me too. people should probably address. Like he just seems like totally unhinged to me. Right. Exactly. So the so- album this is the other part. The album is 26 songs long. It's an hour and 48 minutes. It never ends. I couldn't get through it all. I really tried just for this show. So I listened to like parts of any each of it. Them. Good. Not really. Kind of just the first song, just okay. the song that he redid. So here's a clip. So I want to play a clip for you though. Okay. This is the chorus to what appears to be like the quote unquote single from the album, but he chose to replace his own voice with Marilyn Manson and just tell me if you think this was worth it. All right, so each of those like second things was just Marilyn Manson. That's all Marilyn Manson is involved in this. Okay. My point being why? 
Why? Right. Like, yeah. what? You already had a song where you just sang the whole chorus, and he added. And I, the part that's weird to me too is Kanye really hasn't done anything that I feel like I'm, I'm more worried about him. I yeah. feel like after watch watching him on the Kardashians, he actually seems like a pretty peaceful person and just a little bit troubled. He doesn't seem like as big of an asshole as I would have thought. And then you do something like this. I mean, also his politics are problematic, but right. I just think he's like, he thinks he's like above the rest of society and he can do whatever he wants. And he's like such a creative genius that any rules don't apply to him and he can just do whatever he wants because his music, I I think he thinks his music like allows him that leverage, which I don't think it does personally. So the album is available on Spotify, Jordana. You're you're clearly not going to be listening to it. I, I mean, don't know if I'm going to be you just play, it. it has like an interesting sound. That I song, would, it's called Jail, is actually pretty good. It, it makes it to the remember, radio. I'll listen. I think it will. Because mm-hmm. you remember the Rihanna song that he did a few years ago with Paul McCartney? The oh, one yeah. Like guitar? Was, I like that one. Me too. Yeah. It's basically the same song. The other part that's weird about this whole album, there's like no drums on the whole thing. There's like no it's what? just kind of. No drums. Oh, it's just like, is it usually have drums? I mean, most hip hop does. I don't okay. know. I guess maybe it doesn't necessarily, but it's one of those things where it's like, he's gotten so far from what gold digger it's at, at the end of the day. Sometimes you just want to listen to something pop. That's listen fun. Yeah. It kind of feels to me like there is, and you, you, I think you agree is that he's so far removed from what made him famous for his music that he's more now. I'm like being convinced by others that he's relevant because they say so like compare him to like Beyonce or Taylor Swift okay. who have been around for a long time, but when they come out with new music, people actually like the music. Well, it's main, it's more mainstream. I think too. It is more mainstream, but didn't he used to be mainstream? He used to. Yeah. I don't even know what his old songs were, but I mean, maybe he doesn't want to be mainstream. Maybe he wants to like, he thinks he's better than mainstream music. Like he thinks he's like more artistic than that or something. But Jordana, in the good old days, if you were a famous musician and you got to your 10th album, people just forgot about you. That was like how it was supposed to be. Right. You lose touch. Your music isn't mainstream because no one likes it. That's the only thing that makes something mainstream or not mainstream. So if he's like that far out there, I mean, he, he thinks he's like a, a great artist. I get it. Right. Even Madonna is not making music that anyone listens to anymore. She's not. Cause she can't. And it's people yeah. like, like Bob Dylan, like keeps making music apparently, but Does he hasn't he? been relevant. For, yeah. I think so. But he hasn't been relevant for 50 years because he's like 100. Yeah. So you can keep making music, but it's just so funny to think the only reason we're talking about it is because he's good at making a spectacle out of it. I agree. Well, it's interesting. We wish Kanye. I don't know. I don't even know what I wish him. I wish he would like go away a little bit. (laughs) Go to a spa. Take a day. All right, Jordana, we have a debate topic that I've been dying to have with you. So when we were talking to Jared the other day, you asked him a question about the TV show, Ted Lasso. I want to know where this all came up for you. Give me your like background on the show, Ted Lasso. Last year, I guess everyone was saying Ted Lasso is such a great, like I'd heard like people talking about it, that you had to watch it. You had to watch it. I watched like two episodes. I was so bored. I didn't think it was funny. Um, So I stopped watching. And then like a few months later, it was like everyone said, like it won all these, it's wearing around these, uh, these Emmy nominations. Everyone's saying it's like the best show ever. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know if you have any of those things where you're like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get why everyone thinks this is so funny. I don't think it's funny. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, I do know what you mean. What did, didn't you say your brother sent you my something? My brother also? and then my brother was like, 
had randomly simultaneously texted me around the same time being like, I don't understand the Ted Lasso thing. Like, why does everyone like it? I'm like, oh, great. There's someone else who like gets it. And Sean, I know you love it. I love so it. it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, I don't understand what the appeal is. Maybe it's just not our style of humor. I get like a little bit of darkness in the in my humor. Like it's not so it's not that I hate all like mainstream humor. I just think it's like maybe that's why I don't like it. It's like too like positive. I don't Super know. Super positive. It's kind of sacred sweet, but like I love sweet stuff. So maybe that's just like maybe that's it. Like I love The Office because all of the humor is like sort of like mean spirited. It is a little, <laughs> and it's cringy I mean? too. Like yeah, you you're squirming while also laughing. Right. I mean, The Office is also I think objectively funny, but well, maybe this this whole debate is maybe question whether or not something can be objectively funny. Right. Well, maybe it's also reminds me of like you weren't that into White Lotus, which is like kind of dark. And I was more into that. So like maybe it's just about the type of humor, like almost like I feel like you like like a good, clean humor. I do think I like a good, clean, positive humor, but I also like so. Okay, first of all, for those who haven't watched Ted Lasso, we're not going to spoil the show. This is a spoiler-free conversation. I haven't watched it (laughs) beyond the first two episodes. Yeah, but in the first season, it's the the whole storyline is basically he is an American football coach, like a a folksy Kansas guy, who then gets hired by a British football club soccer to like run the team. And And maybe that's that's another reason I don't like it. I don't really care for like sports themed plot lines oh it is also kind of like a sports movie that's true right and then the the wrinkle it's something out of the movie major league basically but the woman who owns the club wants it to fail to get back at her ex-husband who cheated on her and she got the club from him so like that's the plot of the show okay the first season and i loved it i think the show i think it was amazing that's just me i understand not everybody's gonna like all the same things but then season two recently came out and there was a lot of attention i think a lot of people were like probably saw ads or like interviews, magazine articles, et cetera, stuff on social about Ted Lasso season two. And it's like, oh man, people really love this show. So I think that the the profile of it went way up this season and, and therefore the critics who don't like it have started right. coming for it. Being a little so more now, vocal. I sent you no, no less than like what three or four articles of people shitting on the show. Cause yes. I know you would it love felt it. good to be validated in my <laughs> opinion. Does. Well, one of them said, it said how did one of them was titled um, Ted Lasso is a perfect show if you hate laughing. Yes. <laughs> the other one said how did Ted Lasso become such a lightning rod? And the last one was Ted Lasso can't save us. So and that last one, I think, is kind of more interesting. But it's more about the fact that people have pointed to the show as this like it's a super feel good show. Right. You know? And I think there's always going to be a backlash to something that's too feel good. That's just I agree. Like possible. Right. Yeah. But. People were acting like his character and the show is almost like this, like cure for what's been happening to us. Now, I actually think the show also happened to the reason it's successful compared with like something like, do you ever watch Parks and Rec? Yeah. I've seen like a couple of seasons of that. Yeah. But you didn't love it. It's not. One I liked it. I didn't love it. It was like entertaining to an extent. I liked the earlier seasons. Actually, I thought it got more too positive. <laughs> I thought it got too positive and it became like, I kind of like when Le- when like everyone was making fun of Leslie and then like you get a few seasons in and suddenly she's like the hero. Like everyone loves her. And I'm kind of like, no, 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 no. She's like super annoying. Why is why is she not like the joke anymore? All these things I think are interesting, though, because I love I mean, I love Parks and Rec. And I think it's really similar to Ted Lasso. Also, when you said you hated it and then you, you were worried that it would offend me, I think. You meant that as like, because I love it. Therefore, I'll feel like you're saying I'm an idiot. I don't mind you saying you don't like it. The part where it offends me is because 
a lot of pe- my people in my life say that they that I'm the t- like the closest thing they know to Ted Lasso in real life. Okay. Like doing on podcasts, I'm not really like Ted Lasso, but in real life, like I'm similar to him in That's many fun. ways. Well, I mean, he's I'm sure he's a great character. But I find him inspiring. Yeah. So Leslie okay. Nope, I find inspiring for okay. a similar reason because like there's this thing on Les on, on the show in an annoying way where she will give gifts to the people in her life to show like how much she cares about them. And she right. even has like holidays for the first time she had like waffles with her best friend. You know, this that sort of thing where she like right. wants to celebrate all that these level of like earnestness and enthusiasm is like painful to it's a little too much for me it's a little too much she invented galentine's day but there's right. something sweet i, I hate I, galentine's almost, day you hate it right and i hear it and i go man that makes me want to be a more positive person it's like oh we could be more like her like i find it inspiring okay. i find ted lasso when he tells somebody like what's the what's the animal with the shortest memory it's a goldfish be a goldfish. The whole idea that like, you need to just keep moving on with your life. Don't get bogged down in like feeling bad about things. He believes in people as fellow man. It's inspiring. I feel like, I mean, I haven't seen the full season, so I don't fully know, but I feel like that sounds less annoying than Leslie. Nope. To me. Well, this is the other funny part. So then there was like people posting all these uh, things. Of course, the whole conversation takes place on Twitter, but in one of the articles, they cited this guy's, Twitter feed, which was interesting. I'll read one of them. This guy said, the magic of season one is in how Ted slowly wins everyone over despite themselves. They discover his hidden depths. People are surprised to find themselves respecting him and actually liking him. His annoying persona is still objectively annoying, but we are no longer annoyed. I never thought he was annoying. So this is the thing. If you go into the show, (laughs) you're like, oh my God, someone (laughs) thinks he's annoying. You never thought Leslie Nope was annoying? Um, Not really. Not really. The one thing they've said on that show is that they never changed Leslie. They just changed how people reacted to That's her. That's what I'm saying. Do you agree, though? Season one is like, everyone's like, oh, Roll their this eyes. fucking try hard is like <laughs> <laughs> trying to get us to celebrate National Cupcake Day. Um, right. <laughs> but I'd see, I would find it, I could see somebody finding it annoying, but I probably would love it. Okay, but so there's a separate conversation. It's really the one that you're bringing up, which is, is the show even funny? Mm-hmm. And that's where I start like questioning myself. <laughs> Again, not like, am I like Ted Lasso, but more like, do I really know what funny is? And then there's a, a really a debate to be had. Like, listen, what's the only thing that matters on a question of whether it's funny or not? What do you think it's whether you think it's funny or not? It's was well, whether you laugh, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. And so you don't have to laugh. But okay, that's so the same with jo- everything. Is the food good? Did I like it? You know what I mean? But I, I, I like conversations. Part of the crux of this show or any show is like we get to we get to criticize things. You're allowed to say you dislike something that can be interesting. But if you're just telling me like how you don't like a certain type of food that I like, you're just Mm -hmm. yucking my yum. That's not interesting. That's just being a dick. So if you're like, Oh, this is objectively not funny. Well, maybe not for you, but I actually think I started to have an existential crisis because people called the show all dad jokes. Okay. And I want to say, (laughs) I started being like, well, well, that's a humor. I'm saying like that. I don't think there's good humor and bad humor. There's like your is there humor. Good, and is there humor. good music and bad music? Like, well, I like terrible music. Most people would think it would be like okay. terrible. I love that. Okay, here's the thing. There's my there's my music that I like. There's your music that you you like, and then there's a bop that everybody likes. There are certain songs when I hear "Call Me Maybe," I don't choose to like it. That song was not written for me, but it's a fucking jam. 
Kanye West probably thinks that song is trash. Yeah, maybe. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that there are universally loved anything. Like, there almost have to be. Like, and there shouldn't be. That's like the joy of being in a population of humans that people think differently. It doesn't have to be like one person's right and one person's wrong. Okay, that's true. But now I'm taking exception to the characterization of his jokes being dad jokes or even that like clever wordplay or puns or one-liners because the show is full of one-liners. Yes. That was my issue with Big Bang Theory. That's too many one-liners. Puns. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that that's bad humor. And in some places I think it really works. The example I actually would give is Joan Rivers, who's one of the greatest stand-up comics of all time. And just like an endless wellspring of one-liners. Like that was her whole bit. But nobody right. would call her jokes dad jokes because of like the person who's delivering They're little them. dad jokes. They're a little bit. Yeah. But a good dad joke is just a joke. A groaner is a dad joke. If something like literally makes me like, uh, oh my God, then like, yeah, we can, we can kind of say like, I can't stomach this anymore, but I don't feel like the show plays out that way. Now, Jorge, our producer is going to play for you a clip from season one that is a quintessential Ted Lasso joke. And then we're going to discuss it. Okay. Boots. They call cleats boots. Well, I thought you said that the trunk of a car was a boot. Also a boot. Hold on now. If I were to get fired from a job where I'm putting cleats in the trunk of my car. You got the boot for putting boots in the boot. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God, the look on Jordana's face. That's a dad joke. <laughs> that's a dad joke. Okay, that's, so that's a dad, dad joke. joke. But is there such a thing that a joke is so... The show that also quickly moves. I remember watching that live and it made me laugh. It made me laugh out loud. And then it moves on to the next thing. Now, season two, I will admit for people who are criticizing the show now has like way less conflict. And also the one liners are like every minute. There's, there's a lot of them. That's like, it's chock full of it, but it actually, I think that that joke or just the show in general is kind of like a Rorschach test for your level of optimism versus pessimism, which is like, let me show you this image and then tell me what you see. And it's like, well, no, but it, it may be that you're like, no, I'm just like, I'm more of a pragmatist. Like it doesn't inspire me when he bakes cookies for the boss. I find that to just be like annoying. Yeah. To me, it's not like dark enough. It's just like, that's a play on words. I don't know. Like why, (laughs) why do you need it to be dark though? Cause that's smarter. I think when it's darker, it's like when Michael Scott says like, um, you know, like I'm ready to get back out there and start dating. Like I've made my, I've made, I've even made a dating profile and I've made my username, um, little kid lover. So everyone knows where my priorities are at. Like that to me, it's not a play. On, it's not really a play on words, but it's like, it's dark because it's just like, it's, you know what I mean? The inappropriateness I is I don't, to me, that's just such a funnier line than like boot means two different things. Right. Right. And it's almost like, like explicitly said. I mean, that is a better joke than the boot, the boot, the boot. We've all been there, trying to fit everything we might need for a trip, only to end up with a suitcase bursting at the seams. But with base, there's room for everything. 15 pairs of underwear for a weekend trip? No problem. Deciding between a few pairs of shoes? Bring them all with base. It is my go-to travel bag. I love that the bag expands because I'm a chronic overpacker and it still fits in the overhead compartment. It just makes it so much easier to travel when I know there's a special place for everything. It makes me feel like a more organized version of myself. And I love that cushioned handle. I always get compliments on it too from anyone who's helping me with my bags. Base is thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. 360 degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, 
washable bags for your dirty clothes and all the interior pockets you need. Their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors. And for shorter trips, the Weekender bag is super functional and even has a place to store your shoes separately. Every piece is made to look better with miles, so you don't have to worry about it in cargo or overhead. And Base has over 30,000 five-star reviews. Whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Base has your personal items covered. Right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash betches. Go to basetravel.com slash betches for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash betches. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Think of yourself like a bottle of sparkling water. Get too shaken up and you're eventually going to burst. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I love therapy. I've been to therapy for many years and I love that when I have a big problem, I don't have to wait and let it fester and let it get bigger. I can start bringing it up in therapy and talk through it before it becomes an even bigger problem. Figuring out how to find coping skills when I've encountered anything that triggers me or stresses me is one of the main things that I've really learned from therapy and has helped me so much in my life. It's helped me to be a better version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches. Okay, I have some other TV Rorschach tests to run by you. Okay. So you're going to weigh in on these because these are also ones that similarly, mostly from sitcoms that I think are similar to what does Ted Lasso say about your personality and how you perceive the world? Because I, the fact that I love Ted Lasso and tell everybody I know about it and I've watched it the whole the first season twice says a lot about me, right? Sure. And people yes. who find him annoying, probably are going to find me annoying and probably have turned off this podcast. I okay, don't find no, you annoying, Sean. I appreciate that because I tone it down in the office. Okay. Other example <laughs> of, of TV Rorschach tests. Okay. You watched Modern Family. Yes. Early, early Mo- which was a good show early. Like it was yes. a pretty good show. You remember Phil and Claire. They were like yes. Phil, Phil and Claire Dumphy. I would watch that with my girlfriend and I would go, oh, man, Phil's so funny. She'd be like, Phil is insufferable. I feel bad for Claire. And I would go, you feel bad for Claire? Claire is such like a stick up her ass. She's like, no, Claire's being like reasonable about things. How do you feel about the Phil and Claire dynamic on Modern Family? It's so funny, actually, because I remember going on a date with a guy like probably when I was like 25 and he was like, yeah, like Phil is like who all girls want to marry. And I was like, I want to marry Phil. <laughs> you fucking loser. Like, he's like so nice. And like, he's just like, you know what I mean? Like, just pure sweetness. And like, there's nothing, doesn't say anything like fucked up at all. Um, and then like a few years later, I think when I had been like dating my fair share of like fuck boys, I was like, I get the appeal of Phil. Like, yeah. he's like, <laughs> yes. he's stable. He's consistent. He's sweet. He like tries, even though it doesn't really he work out. He tries and fails. He really, his whole persona is that he tries and fails. The appeal of Phil is like a maturity thing. But he likes close up, but he does like close up magic. So he's still a little bit annoying. What, do you, how do you, th- do you think Mike is a little more Phil than the, than a he's guy you would have thought? Totally. He's a lot more Phil than a guy I would have dated at 23. I think at 23, I would have been like, yeah. like too, you know what I mean? Like too earnest too nice to whatever. And then like the older you get, like Phil is like the mature person's choice. That guy you went on that date with at 25 is probably an idiot, but 
he kind of had that was kind of smart it is true that a lot of people at least they think yes. they want phil i think but then when faced with it sometimes phil is annoying right you're like uh you're not super and- like claire and i don't think my girlfriend is super like claire either but everybody i think women relate to claire a little bit from time to time because guys are also kind of aloof Right. You know well, you're kind of like, well, like I, this is very like, you're like the fun, whatever, like fun, funny, but, but like, I actually am make, I'm actually making sure that everything is like in order. Right. So like, it's annoying to have to be the bad cop. Yeah. Okay. Next one. This is actually really speaks to your thing about like the office thing is, is there's like a Seinfeld versus friends thing from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Now I don't think you have to pick a side. This is like saying dogs or cats. I don't know. They're both great animals. Right. But, at the time, were you more of a Seinfeld or a Friends person? Well, it's funny. It's different. like as, as if they came out at the same time. Like Seinfeld was like what my parents were watching. But Friends in the late 90s was on at eight. And then right. an hour later at nine o'clock was Seinfeld. So they Seinfeld were on was the not, same night. Right. But I feel like Seinfeld was like it was like the end. It was like five years of overlap. Friends to me. Was, it was it five years of overlap. It was five years. Yeah. yeah wow. To me, I think of like Friends. Seinfeld is such an older show. I mean, I think Seinfeld again is a little bit darker. Like the themes are a no little hugs, bit more fucked up. No tears. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And a little less plot driven. Like I don't feel like any there's no like in okay, in Friends, it's like at the end of Friends, like everyone's having a baby or married right. or whatever. Right. In Seinfeld, they're all kind of like where they were when you first met them. Because Seinfeld refuses to have any growth. Right. That is true. That is true. Whereas Ted Lasso and friends are all about growth and not, they don't right. really grow on friends. They all still are hanging out at the coffee shop, like in their mid thirties in the middle of the day. Right. But I, I mean, I'm more of a friend's person, but I also think I have room for both in my life. I agree. I think I have room for both too. And I enjoy, I enjoy friends. It's not super cheesy. I don't think it's like super, I think it is a little bit drier. See, I love that you say that because you grew up with friends. So you, you are able to tap into it, but you know, there's like a whole subculture in America now of people who yeah. love shitting on friends. They're like, it was never funny. I don't get it. People who like it are lowbrow. Yeah. I mean, I understand that point of view too. It's not like the most innovative. I think it, it I do think it's a little bit overhyped, but it's, a, right. that doesn't mean it's not good. I could see that. I would argue that it's the greatest TV show ever made. So it can't be overhyped. I would argue Sopranos is the greatest. Oh my God. That's the greatest comedy. Sopranos is amazing. Okay. Next one. So back to the Seinfeld thing. Curb, right? Larry David is like Mm -hmm. the voice behind Seinfeld. We both love Curb. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, great. Okay. When you're watching the show, do you tend to side with Larry or with the people that he's battling with? Sometimes I side with Larry and sometimes, sometimes that's the issue with that show. I love that show. Sometimes it's a little like too much. I'm like, oh, yeah. All right. Now you're just like, you're, like you're sometimes I'm like, OK, Larry has a point. Like the happy birthday song is annoying. Why does he have to sing it? <laughs> On the other hand, sometimes I'm like, OK, like you're being contentious just to be contentious. And like yeah. it would be easier if ever everyone, if you just like did the thing that you thought was stupid. Agreed. He's selectively principled, too, which is infuriating. Right. But I actually think this is funny. I'm saying I relate to Ted Lasso, but I also tend to find myself siding with Larry David because I like his weird, like everybody's against me vibe. Right. Well, I just like there's no sentimentality in that show at all. Completely stripped away. So I love that about it because it's like essentially essentially the title of the show, Curb Your Enthusiasm, is like how I feel frequently when people are. That's how I feel. I feel like Larry David when I watch Leslie Nope do anything. I'm like, all right, like, relax. It's not that exciting. 
Do you know what I mean? I do. I do. It is. I do think Curb is. Oh, that's a TV Rorschach test every single episode, but just for whatever he's complaining about. But so, sometimes, but I'm saying, but sometimes when I'm, a, it's all about balance. Sometimes when I see Larry David being too Larry Davidish, I'm like, could you just be a little more sentimental? Could you just go? Could you be more Leslie Nope-ish? They're like, if I had to put two people at the opposite ends of a spectrum, it would be like Leslie Nope and Larry David. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But maybe we all like a nuanced person actually has a little of both in them. Isn't yeah? Doesn't just say you need a little bit of both to not be like a psychopath on either side of the spectrum. It's true. I have two more questions for you. TV Rorschach test. Okay. This has been. There's an episode you can go search it right now. It's one of our most listened to you up episodes. Ross and Rachel were they on a break? Do you think that what you think of that debate says something about your attitude towards like dating or? relationship dynamics where did you fall on that one i think it has to do with your ability to see the gray in the situation yeah where like yes they were on a break it doesn't matter if they were on a break for two minutes or two hours or two days or two years like you're on a break she was the one who initiated the break he was allowed to sleep with that woman was it like upset could it still be upsetting it can still be upsetting that's totally fair for her to be upset but for her to be like morally outraged to me was like not okay Interesting. Because she thought she was like morally enraged by that when really she had asked for the break and then he just acted on the, his current situation sooner than she liked. But like, that's not once you ask someone to go on a break, it's not really up to you how soon they start using their break privileges. That's true. But I feel like when you say that, it's more like you're ruling as an objective judge and not mm-hmm. a person whose boyfriend slept with. Uh, the copy girl six hours after. And you if my boyfriend had asked me to go on a break and then slept with the copy girl six hours later, I think I would be even more upset. Yeah. But if I were her and I had said, I think we should go on a break. Oh, you that would be was more her initiating that. Like he's the one, like she just like she, and she wanted that just because she changed her mind quickly. I don't know. I, to me, it's like she, that, that, she, that was her doing. That's a good point. It's upsetting for her because she did it to herself a little bit. I actually if you don't want to got... go on a break with someone, don't ask them to go on a break. I think you it, didn't want the break. You just persuaded me. I actually see, and I've, I've listened to the episode <laughs> where you talked about this before, but I think it finally stuck this time. I agree with you. If you can't see the gray area in the were they on a break thing, that says a lot about like your black and white view yeah. of the world too. I think it's okay for it to be upset about that in any scenario, yeah. but I don't think you can be like, the take person the can't really ground. be mad at the person. Yeah, be take the moral high ground. Right. You're allowed to be upset, but do you really need to go out of your way to convince others that he wronged you? Right. Like the whole debate, we were on a break. No, we weren't. Like, I don't even understand why that's a thing because like they were on a break. Well, she said we should take a break. And he said, okay, you're right. We should cool down, go get some frozen yogurt or something. And then she really, really wants to right, take Right. But a then break. she was like, no, a break from us. So then she left and they were on a break. Yeah, but sometimes people are like, I think maybe we should break up. And then they like talk to the person the next day and are like, Act like it never well, then, happened. Now she's learned. Now she's learned not to use that statement. Um, like when she doesn't mean it. You're right. That's really. Good. I don't think you should. I don't think that's something. I don't think that's healthy for a relationship to throw out, like breaking up, as Ever. like no, something you, casual. You should. You really shouldn't. I agree. You should. So this now is, she knows. When you say we're on a break, we're on a break. This is good advice. You should host a uh, a relationships podcast. Okay, last one. Eight, <laughs> eight, I actually think this is a cool TV Rorschach test. Aiden versus Big. I remember now you're like a sex in the city fan, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, You probably would react similarly if somebody said sex in the city wasn't good to how I react when people say friends and Ted Lasso aren't funny. All right. So Aiden or big, who do you think is like the, where where would you land on like a, 
who would you pick in that love triangle? At 25, I would pick big. And now I would pick eight. This is great. It's like but, the Phil Dunphy yeah. thing. I actually think yes. at the time, as a man, like on the outside looking in, watching every Sex in the City episode. It has its own issues, too. It's not without its own issues. It has problems. But great show. Right. It's, it's yes. got some dated elements and like Carrie Bradshaw isn't a saint. But totally. Total it, asshole. I actually think as written, the show is trying to demonstrate something that a lot of people go through, which is that like Aiden is right there in front of you and you just can't help but screw it up. But there are a lot of fans of the show that I actually think genuinely want her to end up with Big, that they like the ending of the show. I mean, I did want that for a time. And I why? remember because you know I, I was dating someone like that. I was dating someone like Big and I thought, you know, if it could work out with them, then people can change and he'll come back and he'll act better. And and if if it works there, then that's a reflection that it could work in real life. So I totally get why people wanted it. I wanted it to work. That was why I kept going back to someone I was dating that was like that, because I was like, eventually they'll turn around and they'll act the way I want them to act and they'll be more consistent. And like, that's the fantasy. That's the story. That is what, hence, you know, it also happens on the show and it's kind of hard to believe. And also like, it's kind of like, yeah, never happened. That person doesn't come back. Well, we, and if they do, if they, it's to fuck with you. To fuck with you. And then let's say you, <laughs> right. they did get married or like plan to get married, whatever the way that they did. If we, they'd never made movies, we would be having a debate like, are Carrie and Big together for the reboot? We'd be like, hell no, they're not going to be together when the reboot comes around. Right. I think in the new movie, they get divorced. I read somewhere. They're getting divorced. Oh, really? Yeah. Never mind. The show suddenly became realistic again because that's just what would happen with them. Well, I mean, yeah, people don't really change that much, especially Big, who's like, 50 when she's dating him yeah or like 40 something he's exciting I, I get why he's exciting yeah it's like a little it's more of an i mean it's also good for tv it's, he's an emotional roller coaster like it seems it seems like a bigger win to get big to like you than aiden's like you because aiden's likes everyone he's nice to everyone he is which is nice which is good but it's kind of like it feels less special I'm Betcha's co-founder, Aileen, and as you may know, we have been in the media game for a minute. And between meetings, podcasting, dinners, etc., I need a wardrobe that works with me, not against me. And that's why Lee is a staple in my wardrobe. I recently got this white jacket, jean jacket from Lee, and I got their button-down. I must say that the quality is very, very good because when you wear a button-down, it is very difficult to find one that doesn't kind of come apart. And this one is not only very soft and comfortable, like I can move my arms around, but I really, really like it. It just looks really cute. And it's like Western, Western's so in right now. And then I also love the white jacket I got. It's like off white, but it has this blue stitching and it's like, I'm going to wear it over the shoulders, perhaps on my vacation. I'm just really into it. And Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. It's a classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG and what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com, that's L-E-E.com, that's L-E-E.com to shop spring looks now. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. 
So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BETCHES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code BETCHES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's, and use code BETCHES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Now it's time for the At Betches Game of the Week. This week's game is inspired by Kanye West. And to help us through the game, here is our producer, Jorge. Welcome, Jorge. Hello. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to pay homage to the artist formerly known as Kanye West by playing a game called Musical Directions. Since Mr. West has a direction in his name, West, the bands in the game today will all have some sort of references to directions in their names. Uh, it can be places, geographical location, modes of transportation. It's all about getting about and going around. All right. Great. So each question will have two parts. First, I'm going to tell you a very obscure clue about the band's name and you will guess who it is. And then I'll play a short clip of one of their songs and you will attempt to complete the lyric. Okay. Are you going to complete the lyrics, Jordana? I'm trying to remember. We'll I know Aileen out. can't do it. I'm not very good at this. <laughs> this is fun, though. I don't remember. I love this game, Probably though. not. This is great. All right, who goes first? Right. We're taking turns, right? Uh, Jordana will go first, and you will take turns. If you can't get it, then the other person will get a chance to steal it, and you'll get one point for the name and one point for the lyric. Jordana, you will go first. This is your clue. This youthful group will be avoiding the highway the whole way there. One Direction? That is incorrect. It's a good guess. They were avoiding the highway. Yes. The whole way there. I don't know it. I don't know. All right. What's the answer? The answer was Backstreet Boys. Oh, oh it was Backstreet that's Boys. That's a good one. That is yeah. very one. weird. We're dumb. Clever. Okay, great. Let's hear that song. Let's do it. Okay, I know it. Okay, Jordana, it's yours. It. That that were that were falling apart. Yes. Next one. Oh, there's Next more. line. You got it. You got it. Oh. From the way that we used to be. Yeah. That is exactly right. You get a point, Jordana. <laughs> okay, wow. No matter the distance. <laughs> right. I'm pretty good. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Great song. It's a banger. It, it really is. is. It is. All right, Sean, you're up. Here's the next clue. These guys will take cover from the wind by eating a nice, heavy slice of pizza. Okay. They will take cover from the wind? 
yes. by eating a slice of pizza? I don't know. Jordana, do you know it? No. I have no idea. Who is it? <laughs> Who is it? The correct answer was Chicago. Oh, it's Chicago. Oh. It's the Windy, the Windy City. City. Yeah. Okay. Deep dish pizza. Deep dish pizza. Got it. I know Chicago, the band. I don't know if I know if the songs. If you had said Deep Dish. That yeah, if you said Deep Dish. Yeah, maybe uh, Deep Dish. I was trying to be too clever. Yeah, All it's, right. it's, it's your York-ish. fault. It's not my fault. It's your <laughs> fault. <laughs> All right, here's the song. Oh, God. I've heard this song. I don't know the lyrics, though. Um, I'm going to have to admit, I don't know the lyrics to this one either. I'm going to get a big fat pizza-sized donut on this one. That's a zero <laughs> for me. Let's hear it. Baby, you're the meaning in my life. You're the inspiration. You bring feeling to my life. You're the inspiration. I feel like sh- Chicago is a little before our time. They are. It also, is, did it they, it's a classic Jordana, band. Did they just did they just rhyme inspiration with inspiration? <laughs> That's bold. Music they has away come a long it. way. They got away with it. They would have gotten away with it too if not for this podcast. <laughs> not this podcast. <laughs> All right, next one. Let's do it. Jordana's turn. Next up, Jordana. All right. This band will bring some icy cool vibes to the jungle as they snack on some bananas. Monkeys? That is part of the of the, the Arctic answer. monkeys. That is the correct. Well done. Oh man. It is the Arctic monkeys. Is that right. directional? I guess well, it's Arctic, Arctic. Arctic. is geographic. I thought the answer was the monkeys, and I I was like, I don't know how that's directional <laughs> at all. Let's hear the song. Right, here's the song. That the nights were mainly made for saying things that you can't say tomorrow day. I've never heard the song. I've never heard uh, we're, we're, not, we're clearly not music buffs here at uh, the Ad Badges podcast. The good part, the good thing is that Jordan is leading two to zero because that I haven't gotten true. anything right. You don't know this one either, Sean? I, I don't. You want, you want to play it for us, though? Crawling back to Okay, it does sound familiar. It was a very so. famous song. I thought maybe you guys had heard it. But, I think I've heard know. it, but definitely wouldn't know it enough for the lyrics all right sean this is for you this brooklynite's name honors the broad train he'll take all the way to jamaica oh shit okay jay-z that is, is, is it, it Jay-Z? is Jay-Z. Oh, that is Jay-Z. correct. All well right. done. You take well the J, J. It used to be called the JMZ train, but oh, uh, yes. you know, okay. yeah, that's great. Oh wow, impressive. That was a good one. I got one right, and I even know some of his music. All right, let's hear the song. All right, here we go. I'm the new Sinatra, and since I made it here, I can make it anywhere. That is correct, Sean. Uh, well done. Well done. Well, speaking of the year that, like, meaningful years in your life, the year I moved to New York City was the year Empire State of Mind was, like, the song of the summer. Literally same. L- and honestly, guys, I, you heard it nonstop. It was everywhere. Everywhere that It was summer. insane. To the I point it was insufferable. Great song, though, when you haven't heard Great it in a song. while. Yeah, it's. I don't think we've had a song since then that has really played every single day at every single place in new york that's true. it was incredible oh i'm on the board dies it you're two, on the two? board Look Ooh, at you. it's a tie game wow <laughs> all right jordana this one's for you okay this band will take you on a long trip while urging you to never lose faith 
a little hint is that the last part is a hint to one of their most famous songs. Oh, I see. Um, Sean, it's all you. Is it Journey? It is Journey. That Don't is stop correct, believing. Sean. Don't, Don't stop, stop believing. believing. Yes. Okay. Oh, what a steal. All right. Let's hear the song. All right, Jordana. Here's the song. Get the lyrics. Paying anything to roll the dice just one more time. That is correct, Jordana. Okay. Well wow. done. Wow. <laughs> is that some, actually the lyrics? That's it. Some will win, some will lose. Wants a oh, wow. I got it exactly. <laughs> wow. Now that's nice. a song. That's it's a, a good thing you got the lyrics, Jordana, because uh, not many people will know this, but that is Sean's go-to karaoke tune. So, oh right. wow! I'm yeah. sure okay. he would have gotten the lyrics. Well, yeah. good thing that I didn't let him in there to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean, this one's for you. This band will take you on a quick, very quick interplanetary trip. So they're like uh, light speed something. I don't. Very quick. The trip I, is less than a minute. Oh, 60 seconds to Mars? 30 seconds to Mars. 30 seconds, seconds to Mars. Mars. 60 <laughs> seconds to Mars. Jared Leto's band, 60 seconds to Mars. Is that, that okay? Is All right. Correct. I'm giving it to myself, even though I kind of got it wrong. Fair enough. <laughs> no, you got you got it. You, you landed the plane. All right. This is the song. I don't have a clue. Jordana, do you know? I have no idea. I don't either. Are they famous or are they not famous? This feels like the Emperor's New Clothes shit all over again. People keep telling me they're famous. I've never heard their music. <laughs> all right. Next one, Jordana. These UK kids only know one way to go. One Direction. That is One been Direction. I've, I've had that in mind since you announced <laughs> this game and I've been waiting to use it. You're like, this, the game is about directions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the song. The story of my life, I take her home. Oh, the next word, like line is so like mumbly. I drive all night. Yes. Wow. Is that it? You That's that good. I think she gets another it. one. Ugh. Take you home. I drive all night. Something that rhymes with home. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> she I'll gets give it. you the points That's for that point. one. Yeah, right, she I'll gets it. it. Here we go. The story of my life, I take To keep her warm. Wow. That's to keep not, her warm. That's, wait, hold keep on. That doesn't rhyme either. That's not a thing you do. You drive all night to keep her warm? Well, you're right. Where I is think, she? Well, he's driving to her. But why? In order to keep her warm. Is why is, she's driving to her to cuddle? He's driving yeah. all night to cuddle. I'm imagining, I literally, if I, if I had known that lyric, I would have imagined it as she's sitting in the passenger seat and he's got the heater on full blast. But you know when the heater doesn't really come on right away, so you have to drive the car a little bit? That's what I think he's describing. And that's love. That's that love. is love. That, is, that love. is love. All right, last one, right? All right, Sean, this is the last one. She's beating me. I know it's five to four. I've been keeping score. It's five to four. Okay. So, I mean, this could, this could, uh, this could do it for you. So this here we for go. This all of Kanye West marbles. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> This star's music is perfectly in sync as he travels down the river, letting his feelings go. I don't know. Is Justin Timberlake a direction? I don't know. I'm I saying just, that. That was Justin Timberlake. 
It is correct. And uh, I know it's it might be a little... Is that uh, a direction? Where well, I... there's lake. Which oh, is there's a, a lake in it. It's a geographical location. It's a lake a direction either. It's well, okay. it's a place to go. Okay. okay. I'll allow it. But <laughs> I, I mean, I'm tied with you 5-5. Five, five. Now I got to get the lyric right. Okay. All right. Here's the lyric. You were my son. You were my earth. You didn't notice... You didn't notice me. Um, I'm not going to get this one, Jordan. Do you know the lyric? I don't know. I actually really don't like Justin Timberlake, so oh. I definitely don't know. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry. You don't like Ted Lasso or Justin Timberlake? The audience is no. going to turn on you. Sorry. I like it. All right. All right. I like James what? Gandolfini. <laughs> He's amazing. <laughs> All right, Pete, let's hear it. All right. This was it. You were my son. You were my earth. I wouldn't have gotten that. You were kind of I was close, close, Sean. But I thought it was you didn't yeah. notice me. Ugh. You didn't know all the ways I loved you. No. I should have known it. So we ended a tie. So wow. for the second week in a row, it's a tie. Wow. You're both winners of musical direction. Equally skilled in games. <laughs> Look at us. We'll have to add you on one of the ones with uh, Sammy to see if you can beat her because she usually wins. She is really good. At te- she's got great test taking skills. She fucking but I can't win. I can't win. All SATs. I can do is tie. Oh, I bet you I could tie with her though. I'm so good at tying in this game. Let's so. see. We'll have you, maybe we'll have you in next week's um game so that we can That'd be fun. That'd be, be fun. Lean. Okay. Well, thanks again for listening to the Ad Batches podcast. Don't forget new episodes come out every Thursday. Be sure to rate, review and follow the show on Apple or Spotify. Talk to you next week on the Ad Batches podcast. At Betches is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Dana Samuel. Editing by Sean Kilby and Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow At Betches on Instagram and send us your emails to podcast at Betches.com. Betches.